Hello, it's September 21 and this is On The Campaign, a daily podcast wrapping all the big stories from the election 2023 campaign trail. I'm Georgina Campbell and I'll be your host for this episode. Firstly, the day started well with some positive news for the economy. Figures released by StatsNZ show the economy grew 0.9% in the second quarter and GDP rose 3.2% in the year to June 2023. This news was celebrated by Finance Minister Grant Robertson. We have turned a corner, in my opinion. I think that the New Zealand economy has got through a particularly tough time. There will be challenges ahead, but this does set us up well uh, for the rest of the year. This must feel like a bit of a victory for you, wouldn't it? Well, I certainly think it's a victory for the New Zealand economy and for the people who work hard every single day to make sure that we deliver good quality jobs. However, National's finance spokesperson, Nicola Willis, was less than thrilled. Grant Robertson is guilty of gaslighting New Zealanders by telling them we've had a victory when they have never done it tougher in many, many instances. There are New Zealanders who are worried about whether they can keep their houses. There are New Zealanders who cannot pay for their groceries, whose rents have gone up 50 bucks a week and they don't know where they're going to find that money. There are New Zealanders whose wages haven't kept up with their costs and are struggling more than ever. She said the real victory will come on election day, though time will tell who will become the next government. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins said that while things are tough at a household level, the country should be proud of the economic result, and National's plans aren't the solution. I think now is the time for us to stay the course. Our economy's turning the corner. The most recent numbers show that the plan the government put in place uh, to make sure the economy bounces back strongly is working. Now is not the time to deviate from that. Speaking of the economy, expect a very different outlook should ACT get into government. The party unveiled their revised alternative budget today, highlighting the areas they would cut. A major change is that the party will no longer abolish the top tax rate, simply reducing it from a 39% rate to 33% for those earning over $108,000. But the party still wants to introduce tax changes for those on lower thresholds. Those changes have come about by the reduced economic outlook under the pre-election economic and fiscal update the other week. Major Labour policies such as free school lunches and first-year free tertiary fees would go, as would the Climate Change Commission as well as Callaghan Innovation as would ministries targeting demographics, as ACT calls them, such as the Ministry for Women, Māori Development, Pacific Peoples, Ethnic Communities, the Office for Crown Māori Relations and the Human Rights Commission. What a list! The party would invest more into prisons and the Defence Force, increased capitation rates for GP visits and share GST for infrastructure with councils who build more homes. Here's ACT leader David Seymour. So altogether you have a budget that is honest about our predicament, that takes the steps required, that may have to be taken on by any government that wins this election anyway because it is based on the underlying forces that there is too much spending, too much debt, too much pressure on households and not enough satisfaction with key services such as infrastructure, housing and GPs. The costings for this budget are interesting, though, and I asked New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor Thomas Coughlin to explain this for us. 
basically what they've done is they've taken costings from the most recent forecasts and and added X policies into them. Um, the challenge is that the recent most recent forecasts take into account the 2023-24 year, which began on 1 July this year and ends on 30 June next year. So what these what this budget shows is a hypothetical government as if ACT had delivered the most recent budget. What they've promised in terms of the surpluses that they can or the deficits and surpluses that they can deliver and the debt reductions that they, they can deliver, what they've promised in this document is unachievable as they've set it out because it would require ACT to have been in government you know, a few months ago and delivered the budget. So if ACT wins a majority or if ACT is part of the next government, then they can try and implement some of the stuff next or after the election in a mini budget or next year in the, in the, in the 2024 budget. We'll hear more from Thomas later. Meanwhile, Labor's big announcement today was a commitment of up to $1.1 billion to build a new hospital for Hawke's Bay. The policy announcement came as Hipkins toured the Gisborne area, including visiting the Watties factory in Hastings. There, the Labour leader was given a personalised bottle of the famous tomato sauce to go with his equally famous love of the sausage roll. One staffer there asked Hipkins if he was tired, and the leader did admit to struggling to sleep after Tuesday's leaders' debate. But he had a better night last night and said he wasn't too fussed about the negative commentary around the debate. You can listen back to yesterday's episode of On the Campaign for more on that. National's policy announcement today saw the party commit to making it easier for international students to come here to work. Speaking from the Southern Institute of Technology, Christopher Luxon announced that they plan to fast-track visa processing for students who pay a fee, increase the hours international students are allowed to work and expend work rights for them and their partners, and increase the countries Education New Zealand can recruit students from. Luxon told media their proposed but unspecific cuts to the public service won't affect this plan. We see uh, MB, for example, as a big government agency. It's added 2,500 staff. It's had an extra $500 million worth of uh, budget added to it. And what we really want Immigration New Zealand for is to deliver outcomes for New Zealand and actually will protect those frontline services, get these visas processed and get these, get these young students here. While in Southland, Luxon also toured the transport world, which included some McDonald's toys hearkening back to his first job, and he helped make cheese rolls at Majestic. There, two staff members told the Herald they thought Luxon was friendly and smaller than they were expecting. For some reason, seeing him on TV, they thought he'd be bigger, not just taller, but bigger. They also told the Herald they didn't care that Luxon refuses to release the modelling behind the figures of his tax package, with one of them saying it's because there seemed to be a method to his madness. So some reassuring insight potentially there from the general public. We'll just take a quick break and we'll be right back. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to On The Campaign. I'm now joined by New Zealand Herald Deputy Political Editor Thomas Coughlin to discuss an interesting piece of analysis he's done. This is all to do with claims Labour has made this week that there is a huge hole in Nationals' climate budget, which would see the cost of petrol rise 40 cents a litre thanks to rising emissions prices. So, Thomas, can we start off by you explaining what is behind Labour's claim? So Labour has all sorts of policies, like the clean car discount to uh, help people decarbonise their lifestyles and reduce their emissions. Clean car discount, if you don't remember it, National calls it a, um, a ute tax. Basically, it charges people who buy polluting cars, and those charges go into subsidising people to buy EVs and non-polluting cars. So it reduces people's emissions that way. Um, National wants to abolish that policy and a bunch of other emissions-reducing policies, and it wants to rely more on the emissions trading scheme to encourage people to reduce their emissions. Now, the emissions trading scheme is a scheme that covers about half of the economy to varying extents. Basically, it means that if you pollute a ton of carbon, uh, you have to pay for that carbon. Uh, Often, you don't don't pay it, but the person who sells you the pollution pays it. So if you fill up your car, the people who sell you your gas will have paid an emissions trading scheme fee, basically, on your behalf. That fee is a credit, uh, which allows you to pollute, and it's offset on the other side, either by someone planting a tree or by credits that the government auctions into the system. Now, what Labour's basically saying is that for National uh, National to abolish all of its all of these climate policies and to rely on the emissions trading scheme to do most of New Zealand's emissions reductions for it, the carbon price is going to need to rise quite a lot. So they've got modelling which says that the carbon price would need to rise to about $200 a unit. It's now about $70 a unit, which would mean much higher prices paid by consumers at the pump. What does National have to say in response to these allegations of a new hole? Well, National doesn't really have many climate policies. It wants to um, encourage more uh, electrification of the economy, more uh, more green energy generation by, by um, reducing consenting barriers. Labour also wants to do that. The policies are slightly different, but they're both sort of heading in the same direction on that. And National also has an EV charging grid um, scheme that it will invest some money and, have, and encourage people to uh, build many more EV charges on our roads. They have basically denied that they, they don't want to say what the carbon price will be to be fair to National Act and the Greens don't want to say what the carbon price will be either because it's sort of a market sensitive thing. You shouldn't, you should leave the, the price to find its, its correct price. You shouldn't tell it what to be. Um, but National has sort of poured, poured cold water on that idea that the price would need to rise um, that high, although they won't say what kind of, um, what kind of level they want the price to be. But as I say before, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be obliged to say what price they want the ETS to be because that's, you know, market, um, market important information and, and they really shouldn't be meddling with it by, by setting a price. So in your view, who's right? Well, I think they're both a little bit right. The, the complexity with the emissions trading scheme is that sectors like transport are entirely in the emissions trading scheme. The national argument is that the, the clean car discount policy doesn't actually do anything to reduce New Zealand's overall emissions, which it kind of doesn't, because when you fill up your car with petrol, you are paying for the right to pollute that pollution that you will use. Now, if the government subsidises you to move off to an EV, uh, which she will do, your emissions will reduce. But it doesn't change the fact that someone else will then just buy that pollution that you would have bought had you not bought the EV, because all of these emissions are in this capped emissions trading scheme. So if you don't choose to, to purchase from that, it's like, a, it's like a shop full of stuff. 
And if you choose to not buy some stuff from that shop, there's nothing to stop anyone else from going in there and buying the thing that you would have bought. It doesn't change that fact. So National's argument is that the government shouldn't be spending money to not reduce emissions in, a, in an overall sense. They're kind of making the case that these policies are expensive and, and ineffective. And that is actually true, that these policies don't, at the moment, change the overall trajectory of New Zealand's actual emissions. Over time, however, the argument goes that these policies will help households and vulnerable parts of the economy, so that's heavy industry. Uh, heavy industry is vulnerable. If the carbon price goes up too high, heavy industry will be destroyed. It will move off to somewhere else, which doesn't have carbon pricing or, or doesn't have, you know, these sorts of fees. Households are very vulnerable. Um, households are very vulnerable to, to rising emissions prices and rising fuel prices, which we've seen in the last 12 months. So the government's argument is that if you help people t in a targeted way, to move off fossil fuels, then in the future, as the as the carbon, well, the, the, gov the government's not exactly making this argument, but the the, the argument goes that, that that we can move towards a more equitable um, transition towards net zero. So that in the twenty thirties, when when we're kind of changing the emissions trading scheme to be a much more one carbon one tree credit in, one carbon credit out kind of system, that it doesn't hurt and punish households too much. Thanks again to Thomas for his analysis. In some lighter news to wrap things up, it is a big day for Wellington politicos. The iconic Green Parrot Cafe is on the market, with father and son owners Costa and Chris Sakufakis looking to end their 50-year run. It will be particularly rough news for longtime patron Winston Peters. He has admitted to being terribly disappointed, but at least got to reflect on his favourite meal. <laughs> They used to have a, a marvellous flounder there. Cook it properly, of course. It was, it was excellent. And the prices were very, 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 very reasonable. There will be more reflections tonight from Peters as he goes head-to-head -head with Act's David Seymour, the Greens' Marama Davidson and Te Pāti Māori's Debbie Narewa Packer in News Hub's Power Brokers debate from 7.30 tonight on 3.00. Tomorrow, Chris Hipkins will be in the Wairarapa with a policy announcement, while Christopher Luxon will be in Auckland. In the meantime, this has been On The Campaign. You can follow this podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. For more election 2023 coverage, head to nzherald.co.nz. I'm Georgina Campbell and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.